Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. Here's your host, Tom Bourne. Welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. Today with me, I've got Jason Martell. Jason, who I've worked with on a number of occasions over many years, who I know and respect. Uh, but some of you may not be completely familiar with Jason and his body of work. Jason, can you tell us a bit about your journey in safety and uh, what you're currently doing? Okay. Uh, so currently I'm a trainer um, and I do a fairly wide suite of um uh, safety-based training, so everything from, you know, today I just finished a health and safety rep day one uh, course um, to, you know, working heights, compliance base, uh, fire, um, all the way through to rescue type stuff, um, which is reflective of my background. So I used to be uh, a very long time ago, a firefighter in the Air Force um, and um, sort of became a natural progression to, to move from that space into uh, a health and safety type of thing. So philosophically, I suppose I finished uh, cleaning up the mess after a mistake's been made. So hopefully we can help people um, maybe avoid the mistakes in the first place and keep the fireys, you know, drinking coffee and playing volleyball. Excellent. Excellent. How was being a firefighter? Was it as glamorous as some people think it is or is it a bit more... <laughs> hard work and grit and determination look i i found the training to be always um where things were challenging um occasionally you know it was hours and hours of boredom uh thrown in with moments of terror every now and again but um for the most part yeah it was uh you know basically pre preparing as opposed to actually doing and you know one of one of my uh favorite sayings particularly to my wife whenever she complained that i didn't do much at work was I don't get paid for what I do, do I get paid for what I can do? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's excellent, excellent. Oh, dear. And uh, you're currently working with Fire Safety Australia. That's correct. Still enjoying it? Yeah, look, it's fine. Um, 
it's training gig. So, you know, it's uh, it pretty much uh, same sort of thing. You, you know, it depends on the, the uniform that you're wearing, but the, the information's all the same. Yeah. And you do it, I, I assume most trainers do it for the students more than any sort of uh, self-gratification for themselves. Yeah, for me, um, you know, when the lights come on, uh, so to speak, that's that's the bit I love. Um, that's the the rush, I suppose. Um, and and yeah, it sort of gets me out of bed in the morning to go and do it each day. Excellent. If I remember correctly, you've trained literally all around Queensland, New South Wales. I think Victoria ACT. Would that be about right? Uh, yeah, even a, a stint in WA. Um, so yeah, um, South Australia. Um, so yeah. Been, been all over. Been to Tasmania? No. That's the it's, one I'm missing too. Yeah, me too. It's on the list. I want it, I want it. <laughs> they keep sending me to bloody Mackay though. Oh, Mackay. You're not staying at the Ibis, are you? No. Oh, no. thank you. Well, nothing yes. wrong with the Ibis, just saying. Yeah. But I love the Ibis. But uh, <laughs> yeah. all right. Because you've trained literally all around Australia, with the exception of Tasmania, um, you've no doubt had to uh, look at different legislation. Mm -hmm. How do you think the uh, process of harmonisation has sort of come together? Oh, look, I, I think it's promising overall. Um, you know, purely from a trainer's point of view, it's much easier to, to deliver uh, consistent information if, if what you're basing all on is, is consistent. Um, I suppose the real trick is the little, the little individual variations from state to state or, you know, um, whichever jurisdiction you happen to be looking at, um, is where, uh, the, they say the devil's in the detail. Um, mm. but for the most part, I think it's been a, 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 a you know, a successful thing overall. Um, cool. And I believe that, uh, you're into car racing yes that's right so uh i've got a uh, little mark ii ford escort that i go tearing about in um although not at the moment because i blew the engine up so oh. it's uh it's being expensive and not doing anything have you have you seen the uh safety features in cars evolve over the, the years Oh, absolutely. And, and actually, that's a very interesting thing. Just today, I asked um, my uh, the um, people in the health and safety rep course, um, you know, which which would you rather have a crash in, an old car or a new car? And um, we were talking about safer by design um, and, you know, that hypothetical um, might be you can't avoid the crash, but you do get a choice of which car you're going to crash in. So, um, that raises, you know, quite often there's the, a common response is, oh, the old car because they're big and strong. And it's like, well, yeah, but have you seen what happens to the human body when it it uh, continues to accelerate when the thing that you're in is no longer travelling? Um, so, yeah, they're, they're interesting discussions and, and that sort of stuff um, definitely, I think, um, brings to the fore, like, you know, the whole idea of safer by design. Um it's a great example. And if, you know, if you're going to crash, it, you know, you might as well do it in a nice new car. Because yeah. they're built not to crash, but in case of crash. And uh, st statistics show that, uh, yeah, you, you, the people who die 
are in usually cars that are older and have less safety features than the ones that literally straight off the production line. Yeah. Um, I, re- I still remember I uh, did a first aid course when I was 18 years old and the paramedics asked me what type of car I drove. And my first car was a Mini. Mm-hmm. And they, they shook their head and I was like, what, what's wrong? And they said, seen too many head-on collisions and where does the engine go in a Mini and a head-on collision? And I said, I don't know where. I said, straight back, and your, your knees get pushed and your upper legs get pushed throughout the back, and I just went, uh, sold the Mini within two weeks. <laughs> but uh, beautiful cars, but uh, not very safe. Yeah, and, and that's that's another thing that I com- commonly say in the, in the classroom is like, well, that's why old cars are cool, but they're not designed to crash. No, no, exactly right. All right, Um as an experienced trainer, uh, as I said, uh, you've seen bits of legislation change over the years. In WA, we've, uh, 2020, we got the new WHS Act, and in 2022, this year, it actually became active when we released not one, but uh, three sets of um, regulations. We oh, had okay. To, we had to be different than everywhere else. Um, but... Harmonised legislation, it, with the Act, it's mostly, with the Act, it's mostly. But there are some special little things that are different than everywhere else. As I said, uh, I think sometimes with harmonisation, each state tries to learn from other states and then tries to almost outdo them, which is not a bad thing, but it just maybe doesn't lead to same, same type of legislation. Yes. I'm just going to uh, try and I will just, uh, let's see, if I can get this screen shared with you, let's have a look. Okay, can you see that now, Jason? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, this is this is section 26A. Yes, most everyone else has 26, but we have 26A. Mm. And um, the bit I'm interested the most in, because it's, 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 puts the onus back on safety providers, safety service providers, is subsection three. And it says, the health and safety service provider must ensure, so far as reasonably practical, that the WHS services are provided so that any relevant use of them at or in relation to the workplace of the kind referring to subsection 2B, which is up above, will not put the risk of health and safety of persons who are at the workplace. And it goes on and talks about things like examples. It gives three examples. So a safety service provider makes a recommendation on how to eliminate risks and that that recommendation is inadequate. So then that they implement the advice Mm -hmm. and the risks aren't actually eliminated. To me, that's uh, safety consultants would directly feel that or maybe people who do auditing. Mm -hmm. The next one is the testing of plant. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The weak workplace for risks to health and safety fails to identify existing risks so that when the plant is subsequently operated in reliance on the testing, workers at the workplace are exposed to those risks. So someone's been employed to come in and risk assess a piece of equipment or a process mm-hmm. and they fail to identify the inherent risks. The workers then are relying on that information and that uh, advice they've been given and therefore because they, the risks haven't been taken into account, they're put at risk. Again, I think safety advisors... Or safety consultants could be uh, putting themselves uh, yeah. in legal jeopardy. And yeah. the one, the one that I, I, I highlighted there is particularly for those of us in the training game of health and safety. Um, a training course for for workers about how they can avoid being exposed to risk to their health and safety is inadequate for that purpose. So when the workers put their training into practice at their workplaces, they're still exposed to the risks. Now, to me, I've seen some examples of great training. I, I've seen some absolute awesome health and safety training, but I've seen some that I shake my head at. Mm-hmm. And, and to be perfectly honest, things high-risk type training, which involves elevated work platforms, confined spaces, work at heights, any of the above. I just don't have the practical skills. But at looking at that, I don't know if I'd want to be training it because if you deliver training that basically puts a procedure in place or recommends a procedure which then puts someone at risk or the workers are still exposed to the risk, mm. I think you're directly legally liable. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, look, um, I suppose yeah, the the thing that jumps out at to, out to me would be um, you would need to ensure that your your training, I suppose, in this context would you know satisfy uh, the requirements of you know things like your codes of practice or, or you know in a, you know, strain standards that sort of thing. So long as um, I'd, I'd say you're hitting those marks, then the training would have to be considered you know adequate yeah um, yep. it's that's a can it is a big can of worms this one i i think it it, it does open up the opportunity 
for you know it, simply because it's quite ambiguous as well. Well, that's right, and, and you're asking someone else to judge whether the training that you or some other person has delivered mm. is adequate, or whether the people you've trained, if they use your procedure, are still at risk. Um, but you know what what concerns me with that is that you know how how do they make the judgment of adequate um, in a legal sense? Um, it's an interesting or inadequate is a you know the interesting term I suppose. Yeah, look to me, uh, it'll be interesting if it ever gets tested. Um, we are still in WA, which uh, perhaps. Sometimes we're a little bit behind in, let's say, carrying out prosecutions of people at the moment. I, I, I see movement on that and I think things are going to change, but it's just interesting. And for organisations like yours that deliver training across the country, uh, it's, it's something I don't know if um, has been considered yet because it is still fairly new. No, I don't think so. There hasn't been any mention of it as of yet. So... Yeah, definitely a very interesting space. Um, again, I'd be interested to see where it goes, um, and you know, if there was a attempted prosecution, you know, how difficult it would be to actually, um, you know, convict someone under the, those particular laws. So I, they're very ambiguous. I could I, I could see it, it, it it's a, it'd be a field day for uh, expert witnesses about the adequacy of training to come in and lawyers. To, so. Yeah, uh, but I think there's there could be some lay down mazares with that, like uh, really poor induction training, mm -hmm. or failing to do any training around safe operating procedures for a piece of high risk equipment, for example. Yeah. Um, the old uh, basically mm -hmm. verification of competency of people using very heavy or large pieces of machinery, perhaps. That would yeah, I, I think reading between the lines, the intent probably isn't directed at, say, training organisations because for the most part they're fairly, you know, they, they, they cover a subject, particularly nationally recognised stuff that's very uh, regulated in, in and of itself anyway. But, yeah, well, like you said, the, the idea where um, an organisation is providing training of some description, the adequacy of that, um, I think probably... Again, reading between the lines, that's where I see the intent. Yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, for training organisations, it, it's probably a concern, but I wouldn't think it would be a major concern. Yeah, excellent. Speaking of which, as I said, I, I, I don't and I've never tried to do any sort of uh, high-risk training. Um, I'm, I'm more of a legislative type person. Um, can you just because it's one of those areas that I'm a bit unclear of, and I'm sure a lot of people may be aware of. Uh, what are the legal requirements, at least in Queensland, for confined space training and working at heights? Just... Okay, so from a... As far as I understand it, and things may have changed just recently because there's been a new um, edition of the Australian Standards, particularly for confined space, that I'm aware of. I haven't had a chance to review it yet, but there is new stuff um in that space um but as a basic sort of concept um confined space work 
legally requires a risk assessment process to be conducted and it has to be you know documented and, and that kind of stuff whereas working at heights um, is you know slightly different in that it's not as regulated as such um, or the, the requirements for certain things are not regulated um, specifically in regulations um, so that's the fundamental difference for me between um, confined space work and or um, heights work. Mm. So looking at those two, they are, you know, there is different requirements and, and the compliance space stuff um, is much more strict to ensure that, you know, um, people know what they're doing if they're, they're you know, working in those sort of environments. Um, again, one of the, I love to talk in analogies when I'm, when I'm doing training and stuff. And I say to people, well, you know, if you looked inside of a confined space and you're about thinking about going in there and someone was getting chewed by a tiger or something like that, you'd probably go, well, I'm not getting in there because, you know, that's going to ruin my day as well. But if something is wrong with the atmosphere, you may not necessarily mm. know. And the only thing that's going to keep you safe is, you know, what you know, what you, you know, your knowledge. And obviously training forms a important component of that knowledge and, and understanding of what it is that you're dealing with. So I think legislation is reflective of that, whereas working at heights, um, it, it's horses for courses. It depends on the type of work that you're doing as to the different sorts of um, safety measures that you might take to make it that work, in inverted commas, safe. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. I, I I used to hear because used to work at a work at an RTO which did a lot of working heights training, and I, I used to hear um, some of the participants say that they had to do work at heights training. I had to do refresher work at heights training, but as my understanding was, it's it's more the fact that the employer has to ensure that for any type of work that they've provided adequate training. Um, in order for the the workers to do the job safely, mm. and and a lot of employers just put their hands up and say just just go and do the course because I'm ticking the box and you're actually getting the correct training and I don't have the time to do it myself. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, now, it's it's good to hear. All right, uh, I think we might. Um, Call it a day, Jace. Just a quick chat today. Listen, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks very much for sharing your knowledge. Uh, keep up the great job with your students all around Australia, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, okay, Jason. Great. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to Health and Safety Conversations with Tom Bourne. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.